Tēnā koutou katoa, no mai whakahoki mai ki te kōnai ipurangi nei atu tāne, ko apa wātine tōku ingoa. Hello everyone, welcome back to Becoming Tāne Podcast. It is good to be back. This is the second season of the podcast, episode one. In this season, we'll be talking to Tāne based in the Auckland region. It is the intention of this podcast to grow great guys. Because I believe that great guys can be great friends, brothers, uncles, partners, husbands and dads. There are many valuable lessons that can be found in the stories that will be shared in this podcast this season. So plug in your earphones, subscribe and download the episodes. In the first episode of this season, we will talk to Simon Kepper. But before we talk to Simon, let me give you some background information about him. Simon was born in the Waikato Hospital in June 1987 and grew up in Te He is an older brother and a twin sister who is nine minutes older than him. Simon did all his schooling in Te He attended Stanley Air Primary School and Te College. After high school, he attended AUT in the North Shore in Auckland, where he completed a Bachelor of Health Science to become a physiotherapist. Simon has had a number of odd jobs, Growing up, like working at the Foursquare in the bakery, once Simon finished his studies, he worked for four years as a physio and then purchased the company he worked for. Simon has owned his physio business now for seven years. Simon has worked as a physio with the New Zealand Warriors, both pre and post owning his business. Simon met his wife while studying at AUT and they have been together for 11 years and been married for four years. Simon and his wife have two kids with a son named Mikaide, and they also have a daughter named Naya. Kia ora, Simon. Thank you for speaking with us today. We really appreciate your time. To me, love is being unconditional with who you are, the way you act, the way you connect with people, ensuring that it's genuine. To me, love is when you are prepared to do anything for a person, even if it means making yourself uncomfortable or even pain or no matter how difficult it could be. I suppose showing love to a child, you know, you want the best thing for them, your family, the close ones you have, you know, you just want the best thing for them. So I suppose that's kind of love to me. Love is having like a passionate and intrinsic attachment or affinity for someone without the influence of external factors. I guess um, love is kind of it's unconditional, caring, kindness, time, openness, just always been there for that person. 
Thanks, guys. What does love mean to you? Kia ora, Simon. I believe that we are who we are today because of the sum of our life's experiences. So what two experiences in your life, Simon, has had the greatest impact on you? Okay, so I've got um, two experiences in the forefront of my mind. And as we'd sort of said, uh, you know, I think all of life's experiences create and shape who we are. But, but for me, the, the biggest uh, or most challenging experience in, in my life was the birth of our son in 2015. And so to give a little bit of context around that, my, my wife and I had been together for a, for a good while before he was um, born, but she'd spent about nine or 10 months overseas uh, working and I'd stayed back in New Zealand to work. And so when she came back to New Zealand, we were, uh, you know, in quite an enjoyable sort of time of our lives with a lot of freedom. And, you know, we had our own schedules that we could sort of, you know, were flexible around and and, uh, life was was pretty good. And so then the arrival of our son sort of signaled the next phase of our life. And I don't know if anybody's ever really ready for that, despite, you know, people putting on a brave face and saying that they are. There's a a lot of uh, new challenges that come with that. And we'd got to the point where we, you know, realized that it was a bit of a a change for us where we recognized we couldn't be selfish with our time anymore. and, And we, you know, we had somebody that was dependent on us and, you know, we had to get on board with that. And not that we were selfish people with our time and things like that, or super busy, but all of a sudden, you know, there was a, there was other things to think about in terms of the the lifestyle of our family. And, and um, while there was plenty of challenges, and you know, some are more enjoyable than others, there was uh, you know certainly some some hard times through there, as most people will, will attest to. And, and um, but you know, he was he's nearly five, and and you know, over the past five years, we've um, had some wonderful times, and you know, our life is all the better for having him and our and our daughter that's come along and joined him along the way as well so you know we learn a lot uh, through parenting and you know you, you learn you know the art of patience and negotiation and all those sorts of things I think uh, you know a uh, slightly less of a, a positive experience um, at the time was uh, a challenge I had through work and so I was uh, you know a recent business owner where I had acquired the business that I had started working for and a pretty quick turnaround and so um, one of the challenges I, I had through there was that I uh, wound up in a, a situation where I had to restructure my company. And that was a, a, was a, a pretty messy sort of a situation where there was a lot of cogs in the wheel and trying to follow processes and things like that. And um, it wasn't a particularly enjoyable um, time of my life. The whole process sort of took about two months, but we, you know, I knew and, and my wife knew that we needed to, you know, probably make somebody redundant. And so that presented a whole range of, of challenges from a, a legal point of view and a personal point of view. And, you know, that the person who's, um, you know, whose role was, you know, likely to become redundant was somebody that had worked for the company for uh, you know, a number of years, like sort of 16, 17 years. And, but her role was uh, not the right role for the company. But from my side of things, I'd only been the owner of the business for about 15 months. And so, and I, and I was young too. I was, you know, about 25. And so I had to, 
in the end, I had to make this lady redundant and it was a huge challenge. It was very uncomfortable. I worked in close proximity with her on a daily basis. I think I'm not a bad person as well. And so to have to, to make such a significant change to somebody's life was, was pretty challenging for me. Like I said, it wasn't enjoyable, but it sort of came down to um, the survival of the business in a dynamic environment and, uh, and this lady's role. And so while it was a clear-cut decision in the end, it still didn't make it any easier and having to deliver that news to somebody was a, a pretty unpleasant time of my life. I think I learned a load from it personally around my own leadership and, and decision making. But I think it also highlighted that while I was making a pretty significant decision, you know, at, at my core, I, you know, I, I found an immense amount of guilt and um, responsibility for the position I was leaving, leaving that person. And, you know, I, I don't regret the decision, but it was certainly one that, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be going through again, that's for sure. You know, just over a year before this all occurred, I was just a, a regular physio going into work and treating patients and having their best interests at heart. And that's what I studied. You know, that I, I'd learned how to, to fix people or advance their healing. And so now all of a sudden, I'm, uh, that's the side of my job that I love, but I'm presented with all these new challenges as a business owner. And so for me to be able to step back and, and look at it objectively and, and say, well, this is the right decision. I know this needs to happen. How am I going to do that is, uh, was uh, a challenge in itself. And so there was a lot of self-doubt that was creeping in. You know, am I making the right decision? Am I confident in this decision? And, and how am I going to deliver this? And so I surrounded myself with a, a couple of um, key individuals um, as sounding boards and as kind of consultants to, to help me through this process. And I, I think sometimes using mentors or um, people that fill those positions can be glossed over about the importance that they have. But for me, you know, that was a, you know, one of the real um, benefits of going through the, the experience was the, the process of using a mentor. And, and I'd had you know, sort of mentors throughout my life um, with different things, whether our sports coaches or teachers or things like that. But to have a, you know, a business mentor um, who was helping me through a business process, which actually was impacting my life was a, was a huge advantage. You know, there was a lot of stewing over these sorts of decisions. And so sort of playing different scenarios over and in, in my head and visualizing how those would, uh, would pan out. That was probably the biggest thing. And so I was, I sort of have a conversation with myself in my head about how I thought somebody was going to respond to some difficult news. And uh, I'd sort of navigated my way through the, the how I saw the process going and, you know, different ways that the discussion might lead. And so I was sort of prepared for that, doing some sort of cognitive sort of role play in my head about how that might transpire. So that was probably the biggest thing. And that's one of the things that I remember was that sort of yeah, cognitive training or, or um, role-playing sort of stuff to, to realise that uh, I was prepared for a difficult discussion. The next question I had was about mentors. You mentioned you had mentors to help you with your business. Have you used mentors prior to running your business or in other areas of your life? If you have, who have been your mentors? I guess I had some key teachers that I, uh, you know, got on with quite well. They were influential in probably my education and, and, and co-curricular stuff around sport. You know, they sort of were, you know, probably more than teachers. So you probably could say that they were mentors, but it wasn't necessarily a formal capacity. And then, you know, throughout um, 
my early uh, working career, I you know we we had um, clinical mentors, but they weren't particularly influential in my lifestyle decisions. Where uh, when I became a business owner, I, I quickly realised I was probably a little out of my depth, and so I had a um, a family friend that came on board as a as a business mentor for me. That was pretty important in, in um, some of the decisions I made in my my early business ownership. As well as that, I had a, a, a previous company owner who uh, I employed as a consultant, but he was more of a sounding board about things. And so he would fall into the category of, of mentoring. And I used those guys for uh, you know two to three years initially and, and got a huge amount of knowledge and understanding out of them. And, and one was particularly physio-orientated and one was business orientated, but the, the business consultant or mentor that I was using sort of also flowed into my lifestyle around, you know, making sure I was looking after myself uh, first and foremost, you know, so like how can you, how can you steer a ship if you're rudderless? He really sort of shaped the way that I approached things and made sure there was a balance between, you know, work and life, which everybody sorts of strives for. And then in, in more recent times, I've, I've actually engaged with a mentor and you know, again, that is mostly business focused, but there's an offshoot around lifestyle um, and, and trying to build some uh, some personal resilience. Um, and, you know, so far that, that process or, or journey is going pretty well. Um, I kind of got to a point in my life where I thought mentoring was a, you know, maybe was a little bit of hype around it and there was a lot of buzz around it. And, you know, did you actually get anything out of it? And, you know, in recent times, I, uh, you know, I can attest to the, the positive impacts that these sorts of people bring into your lives. And while I'm using it mostly from a, a business point of view, certainly the overflow into my lifestyle makes a, makes a, a good difference. And, you know, I can start to declutter my mind and, and uh, separate, you know, work uh, from home life as well. I think as guys, we, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us you know, particularly where the, you know, the main breadwinner of the, the home. And, and so, you know, we go to work and we put our, our best efforts in and then often we'll come home and, you know, family time can be busy, you know, particularly you get home from the end of the work and you got to, you know, help out with the kids or whatever, or, you know, your wife needs to go out and do some things. And so um, it, it is a, a busy time. So I think one of the key things, and, and it's probably been, it, it's not been a topic of, particular discussion in terms of getting some balance in, your, in my life but one of the outcomes of working with uh, a couple of different mentors has been first and foremost building some resilience and, and some balance around myself personally and so making sure that yes I you know I'm pretty busy with the stuff that I do but that's you know you've also got to have some time to yourself and some time away from work and, you know, potentially away from the family with some time that is yours to, to be a, a little selfish with and do the things that you want to do. And and I'm not saying, you know, that I go to work and then come home and then go and do my own thing. But I think it's important to find something that uh, you know is, is beneficial to making yourself a better person and trying to factor that in on a regular basis into your, your weekly routine, shall we say. So, you know, for some guys, it's, getting out for a run or going to the gym for other guys that, you know, it might be going and, and hitting a golf ball or for some people it might be reading, you know, those sorts of things. I think it's important to first and foremost, take some time to yourself because if you've got this underlying 
sort of, you know, discussion happening in your head around, I'm not getting any time for myself, then how can you be the, the person that you want to be? You know, I think that that will filter through to your home or your workplace and create a, a pretty negative environment and, and, you know, potentially some resentment. And that's not the sort of thing you want to carry on on your shoulders. You know, you want to have a, a clear mind when you're going to work and you want to have a, a mentality that when you come home, it's really enjoyable and you love being in um, in that space as well. And if, if you've got, uh, if, you, if you're not looking after yourself, self then I, I don't know if you can bring that that sort of positivity to home and to work Papa that is helping many men in New Zealand and in Australia over the last few years. Today I have Richie Ormsby here to tell us about this movement. Richie is one of the core leaders of Amen, so I'll get him to tell you a little bit about their co-papa. Kia ora everyone, we're a not-for-profit organisation and our goal is to shift and reshape the narrative of what it means to be a strong person and that's through helping ourselves and others feel comfortable enough and vulnerable enough to express their thoughts, feelings and emotions and to know that it's okay to do so. Uh, we want to provide a, an environment and build a community that's built around inclusiveness, making people feel comfortable enough no matter who they are, where they're from, what their background is, what they've done, to know that it's okay to be who they are and that's the kind of environment that we want to provide for people so that they can feel unjudged and be themselves. When we started Amend, it's been all built around providing and facilitating walks and workshops. Uh, those walks and workshops have been so far conducted across Australia and also New Zealand. Those walks and workshops are designed to take people on a journey. They're conducted across a day and they're facilitated by a team of our core leaders. And what they're there to do is to help people break down walls and become vulnerable and share into a safe space. Uh, we know that when people turn up to, to our workshops and, and walks that there's a whole lot of walls that are up at the beginning. Um, and through that process of sharing and through the different activities that we conduct throughout that workshop or walk, people go through a, a process of self-discovery. And what that really does is allows them to delve into not only who they are, but where they've come from or what's created, who they are and what they have in their life right now. Um, so we help them navigate through dealing with trauma and those traumas can be a whole host of things. And in the space that we provide, you know, we hear and we know that often people are opening up and sharing things sometimes for the very first time. And that can be a very liberating thing for people. It can also be a very daunting and, and scary thing for people. So it's really important that we provide the right environment that people know they're understood and they're seen. From there, uh, the aftercare that we provide is a really, really important part of, of what we do also. So feeling connected and feeling that they're a part of something, and that's where we have our men community, our men family. And that's done through our closed groups um, and also our, our pages. So we have uh, various different pages and groups, and also we have online programs as well. So if we were to, to look at what a workshop and a, a walk does, they're designed to really open the door. And then our online programs is where the transformations occur. And they're designed to really kick that door in, so to speak. 
For any more information about the Yemen movement and any of their programs, Hikoi, please go to their website, which is www.amendmovement.com, which is A M E N D M O V E M E N T.com. Amend Movement can also be found on Facebook and Instagram, so go check them out. Kia Simon, welcome back to Becoming Tane Podcast. In this section we discuss your superpowers. It is my belief that everyone has a superpower and it is also my belief that sometimes we see ourselves differently to what others see us. My definition of a superpower is the things that make you you. It is that thing that people remember about you. It is your secret source, so to speak. So Simon, what do you think is your superpower or superpowers? I think I've got a, um, a couple of superpowers, if you will. Like, like, I don't see them so much as, as superpowers, but they're more attributes or qualities that uh, I, I think that I possess, um, you know, in spades and uh, in certain areas of my life. The first thing is uh, I'm really, really organised. And whether that's it, you know, with home life or social life or work life, I'm not a overly busy person. I don't try and cram, cram too many things in, but I am super organized with my time and uh, tasks. So I know what needs to be done and when it needs to be done and, and ticked off and things like that. And that's something I've developed over the last sort of five to 10 years is, is having the ability to be organized and, and you know pay attention to detail so so I don't leave too many stones unturned. So that's the first superpower that I reckon that I would uh, possess. And then I think my uh, my work ethic is is right up there. So from that point of view, I I, I genuinely think I'm a I'm a hardworking individual, and um, I'd like to think that most people would sort of say that about me as well. Um, I don't mind having tasks. Um, I don't mind having deadlines um, or projects to work with. I, you know, if, if I have a, um, a particular focus or goal set, then uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty bloody minded and, and want to try and achieve those through hard work. I guess organisation plays into that a little bit, but uh, you know, once I once I get fixated on something, um, you know, it's it's hard to hard to shake me from that, and I'll typically try and see something through um, and, and you know whether that's in a team environment or individually um, you know I'm, I'm going to put in a huge amount of effort to, to achieve those goals or tasks there as well. Any other superpowers you can think of? One I've got an ability to, to um, bring humour to most situations that'll probably be the last thing I suppose I you know I'm, I'm not the most vocal of, of people in a crowd but I, I don't mind uh, chatting away to people and, and um, you know sometimes uh, you know, bringing humour into some situations may not be the best idea or the most appropriate thing, but I like to have a laugh at myself. Jeez, I like to have a laugh at other people too, don't get me wrong. So bringing humour into, um, you know, situations is something that I I think I've got an ability to do. Maybe some people don't like it or don't find it particularly uh, funny, but uh, yeah, I reckon that I've got that in my locker as well. Simon, this is what your significant other said about you. Superpower number one. Simon has an ability to be calm and measured in any situation. 
He's not easily flustered. He has the ability to step back and see the situation for what it is, rather than be caught up in the emotional mind, of which I think has not only been an integral part of managing the business, but also in our home life with the kids. Superpower number two, Simon works hard and is so determined. Simon's dad says some people are born with a silver spoon, but Simon was born with a gold spoon in his mouth. Simon's dad is right in a way because he always seems to come out of a tough situation doing well. But I know that is not due to luck. It is down to his hard work, his determination and perseverance. Yes, good times come his way, but that's because he chases them and grabs them with both hands. He doesn't let many opportunities pass him by. He always has lots of things on the go at once. He doesn't necessarily believe in luck. If you want it, you need to go out and work hard for it and you'll get it. He has an unwavering belief that all will be okay. Superpower number three, he's funny. He makes me laugh every day. His humour lightens difficult situations and helps us all to remember what's important. He doesn't take life too seriously and helps me to remember to do the same. He really is the glue that holds our whānau together. So what do you think of this, Simon? Yeah, it's almost like I gave her the answer, isn't it? Nice to know that somebody else uh, thinks the same of me. Um, I think you can maybe be, you know, look through rose and glasses at yourself and think that you're maybe doing a better job than you are in some aspects of your life. So it's uh, reassuring to to know that somebody else is, uh, sees those qualities in me and that... Uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not bluffing or kidding myself. The last two that she identified was pretty much exactly what you identified. The only difference, if any, was that you identified yourself as a super organised person and she talked about you being calm and being able to step back and make good decisions. I guess the ability to make good decisions can come by being prepared and organised. So like you said, you gave her the script and she did it to a T. Yeah, that's good. Like, as I said, you, you want to, you know, I, I am, you know, I feel confident in, you know, in myself with those characteristics. And, you know, I hope that the others that I surround myself with see that as well, you know, and so it is nice to have that emphasised because it's not the sort of thing you want to, you know, you go and actively seek feedback on. Yeah, that's nice to know that somebody else can see those characteristics as well. join the podcast we love creating the podcast and other content for you if you would like to support us to provide further content you can go to our website which is www.becomingtania.men to purchase a t-shirt we have three colored tees that can be purchased they are black gray and white and we have a number of designs that you can choose from but i will highlight just two of these designs they are our logo tee which is our logo and Becoming Tane on, and our Tutane T, which is just the translation of Becoming Tane. It has our logo and Tutane on there. We have a range of sizes that you can choose from, so if you want to support the podcast, please purchase the T.
Kilda, welcome back to the Becoming Tiny podcast. In this section, I have three key questions I would like to ask. The first question is, what has life taught you so far? It's probably taught me plenty, but I, I think it's probably taught me to, to go out and chase your aspirations. Like I'm quite a firm believer in, in fate. And so while that is always in the back of my mind, I'm not the sort of person that's going to sit back and, and wait for things to happen. So for, for me, one of the biggest things that, that uh, my experiences have um, taught me is that if, if, and it's a little bit cliched, but if, if you're wanting something, you've got to go and, and chase it. And whether that's working hard or, you know, knocking down doors, um, you know, or seeking out opportunities, then, uh, you, you know, I think you've got to take some responsibility for that. You know, don't sit back and, and, and wait for somebody to throw you an opportunity because that might not happen. But if you've got something to offer or you've got vision or a dream, you know, try and try and make that a, a reality by uh, getting up and, and getting outside your comfort zone and, uh, and chasing those aspirations. I think be a good person. And I don't say that lightly. Like, you know, I've got, um, you know, a, a bunch of staff, about 20 staff that work for me. And I always try and think to myself, like, how would I want to be treated? And I don't, you know, personally, I don't want to be treated any differently to anyone else. You know, I want to be treated fairly, kindly, and, and uh, in, in a, sort of in a, a nice, warm manner. And, and I think that's pretty important. And I try to do that. I, I think for me, one of the, you know, one of my um, key abilities is to see myself as an equal to, to everybody else. And, um, you know, while I have a, a business that I run, you know, I, I like to see myself as equal to um, all my staff. And, and I hope they see it that way as well. I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not big on trying to put myself higher up the, uh, the, uh, the command chain. And I think if you treat people fairly and with a, a huge amount of respect, and try and um, you know find some common ground with them. Then I think that goes a long way to building a strong relationship with somebody, whether that's you know through your personal life or through your uh, your working or professional life. Simon, the second question is: If our listeners were to take away one key message from your quarterly today, what would that message be? I think further on on just what I was saying, like. <laughs> Particularly treating somebody with with kindness and respect, I, I you never know when that person's going to circle back into your life, or or when somebody they know is going to circle back into your life. And so, if you've burnt bridges along the way, then uh, those uh, situations may come back to to bite you, you know, further on down the track. And, and New Zealand's a, a tiny little island, you know, like um, it, it's it's hard not to know somebody that knows somebody, and so. For me, I think you know a, a real takeaway f- from my point of view is making sure that uh, you know you show res- you show some respect to the people that you deal with, and hopefully they show you the same amount of respect as well. Because one day that person might be uh, the person you need to call or ask for help or uh, need a favour from, and uh, you know you hopefully you've got a, a relationship there. I think often we can think that these you know some flippant comment comes out of our mouths without too much thought and it can be quite damaging or taken the wrong way by somebody else so I think you know part of that is being mindful about uh, your conversations with people when and seeing that these people may like I said may circle back into your life somewhere down the track you know whether that's tomorrow or in 10 years time so don't go burning too many bridges. Simon, the name of the podcast is called Becoming Tani. I named the podcast after Tani or Tani Mahuta. 
because of his desire to learn and grow. Tani, along with his siblings, recognised that without separating their parents of Langi and Papa, that they couldn't learn and grow to their full potential. So they went about separating their parents. Also, if we were to translate the word Tani into English, it can mean man, husband or male. Therefore, the word Tani fits the intention of this podcast. So, my final question for you today, Simon, is about the name of the podcast. In your opinion, what do you think it means to become a man? Yeah, super interesting question. And I think it depends on the, the stage of your life. Obviously, there's the, you know, I don't know if, if it's a rite of passage when you turn 18 or 21 or, or whatever. And then, you know, that's getting a little while back for me now. But um, I, I think it certainly does depend on on the, the time of, of your life. And, and interesting, you know, becoming Tane does, you know, it, it's... Do you ever actually become Tani? Is, is my question, and, and you know, or are we always on a path of growth? And and I probably sit on that side of the argument there. That what does it actually mean? I'm not quite sure, but and and how do we get there? I, I you know, again, I don't know. But personally, what I think um, it, it means for me in in my current period of my life, I think becoming Tani is about having balance. And at times I'm guilty of not having that, but you know I think I'm able to bring it back. You know when I recognise that, and and I, so I think that's creating balance in your lifestyle. I think for a long time guys have bottled up things or have worked themselves into the ground, and, and you know, and then years on they look at it and go, "What for?" For me, uh, I think it's it's about uh, trying to create a, a, a wholesome lifestyle through hard work but then also enjoying the times that you have, you know, and, and trying to capture the moment and live in that moment. And so when I think about becoming Tane, it's, it's about the process of getting there, um, which is quite an analytical way of looking at it, but it's making sure that you look at all areas of your life and, and try and get some balance between those and not filling the cup up too much in, in uh, one of those areas at the sake of those other areas as well. Because, you know, things will overflow. And when that happens, you need to be able to look at the other areas of your lifestyle and recognize, have you neglected them? Or, uh, you know, have you not paid them enough attention? And maybe that's the time that you need to start looking at those before your, your cup starts to overflow. Because often those other areas that you tend to neglect may be some of the areas that are really key in uh, supporting you and looking after you when it gets to tough times, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, look, I, I own uh, Physio Action up here in Auckland. The company's been around for about 35 years, which is older than me, actually, which is quite ironic. But we're, we're mostly based on the North Shore and a little bit over in the city. And, uh, you know, you know I, I love the people that work for me. Um, we have some quality therapists and, and some even better people. I guess I, I do love going to work. I do love being at work. You know, just as much as I, I also love being at home, but I, you know, work is 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 never a bore. It, it presents challenges, some good, some bad. But you know, when I go into to physio action, I, I feel like I've got a, a genuine opportunity to uh, to create something or, or change something or, or help somebody. So you know, it's always true. You, you never work a day in your life if you love what you do and. Some days it is work for sure, but most of the time it's uh, it's a, a passion that I love being involved with. That it's, it's a great company, um, you know. Yeah, I, I like being at the the helm and, and steering the ship. And uh, yeah, like I say, we've got some great people involved. 
That's the way. 0800 physio, easiest number you'll remember. Namihi kia koutou i whakarongo ki tēnei kōna i pūrangi nei. Thank you very much for listening to this particular podcast. Please remember to tell your family and friends about the podcast. You can listen and download the Becoming Tane podcast from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and iHeartRadio. If you would like to contact us, our email is info at becomingtane.men. That is I-N-F-O at B-E-C-O-M-I-N-G-T-A-N-E dot M-E-N. Our Facebook and Instagram handle is at Becoming Tane and our website is www.becomingtane.men. That is www.becomingtane dot M-E-N. Now I'd like to give out some recognition. Firstly, thank you Simon for sharing your story. Thank you Karno Sadler for sharing your amazing musical talents. Thank you Aaron and Merrick Moike for your editing skills. And finally, thank you to you, our listeners, for choosing to listen to us. Until next time, Modi order. <laughs>